Today, we're here with David Mantica with the Career Pro Podcast, and we're talking about career insurance again. Yep. With our little disclaimer always. Yes, what is that disclaimer, John? It's just not actually insurance. Exactly. <laughs> but it's a concept that really is kind of cool, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. Today, we're going to focus on uh, recruiting versus networking. All right. Well, let's talk about that, David. What's on your mind? Recruiting versus, versus networking. networking. So we do a lot of presentations together, and John supports people all the time related to displacement. And you know, one of the things we talk about is nobody plans for it. But that's the whole thing of career insurance. Nobody plans for this when a situation happens and you no longer have the job that you are working in. So what's the first thing everybody does? They run to the recruiter du jour, the one that their buddy told them about, the one that their neighbor told them about, you know, the one that they heard was hot, and they think that's going to be the panacea. Fancy word panacea meaning cure-all. So I think what we want to do in this podcast is kind of give them a level, level setting of what recruiters are, what they do, how they operate, you know, not being negative, but being honest and truthful and transparent, and then talk about networking. And again, networking is not a panacea. Mm -hmm. But talk about that from a truthful, honest, transparent way and let people make choices and decisions. Recruit, yes, it makes sense. Uh, and I think that that is the case. People think of, oh, who do you know? Well, these people place people in jobs. What could be more a clearer path to your next opportunity? And even if you're sitting in an organization, corporation, nonprofit, government, whatever, and think, well, my job's secure. I'm not going to really need this. Uh, movement and knowing about what we're going to talk about today from a net, at least the networking side of things, if not the recruiter side, I think is very important. But what are some of the misconceptions about that person who gets a notice, feels like they've got to reach out, and then goes to the proverbial recruiter who's going to be the cure-all? Cure <laughs> Number one, they think the recruiter cares about them. Now, all human beings care about one another in a certain level, but the recruiter is driven by supporting the companies they support. Companies pay recruiters. So when somebody pays you, you know, you've ultimately your first loyalty is the person you get money from. So when I'm a recruiter, I have a network of companies, HR people, hiring managers who I support. So they're my primary target. So if I'm a displaced worker, I'm thinking Joe, the recruiter, loves me and can't wait to get my resume and they're going to take great care of me. Not so fast. <laughs> I think the perception still as it was, I think actually being in this business a very long time ago, let's just do a quick history lesson. 20 plus years ago, in my mind, that was a good move, mm -hmm. period. Reach out to that recruiter because recruiters got to know you. They got to know who you are, your family, et cetera, et cetera. Now, few, some of them do, by the way, and it's a good thing that they do, and they're excellent for that reason. However, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't LinkedIn, there wasn't all these other tools out there. Recruiters who are out there don't necessarily get to know a bunch of people. They can now pay ZipRecruiter and get, what, a flood of resumes? 300 a day, supposedly of qualified candidates. They can go sink their teeth into Indeed or any of the other engines and pull resume after resume. So you've become really a commodity. Even Commoditized, if you, yes. Even if you think you're not, just the sheer amount of resumes you can have access to. You don't have to put out an ad and wait for them to come in on the internet. You don't have to put out an ad and wait for them years ago to come through the mail. Yeah. So the recruiter the relationships changed a bit. 
Exactly. And so I like the way you did that, John, is, you know, I was very frank and stark and you actually did a great job of giving the history of it. At the end of the day, what I look at, a recruiter hires you for what you have done, not who you are. They're going to look at your resume. They're going to look at your industry. They're going to look at your critical skill areas and what you've accomplished. And they're going to pinpoint because their hiring managers don't so much think about the potential energy that you have. They think about your current energy. So they're going to hire you based on what you've done and they want it to be a clean, easy slam dunk. Also remember a lot of these recruiters work off of 90 day guarantees. So if it's not a smooth transition in, then they run the risk of having to do a placement for free. And that we're talking about a couple things here, just a further definite. I want you to keep rolling. However, the third, we're talking mostly right now about third-party recruiters, yes. those who operate. They, they used to call them headhunters, yep. and maybe they still do. The third-party recruiters, they operate between you and the company or the exactly. organization that you want, and they're incentivized by fees of 20, 25, 30% sometimes based on not for you, sure salary. you paying them, but based on a first-year salary. So what you're saying there is that if they don't bring in the right person with that kind of cookie-cutter exact checklist of items, they run the risk of losing credibility with that company and they may not get paid. Amen, John. Exactly. Well said. Again, going into the details of this, and I, you would think that you know workers understand this, but they don't. So they go into it thinking the recruiter is going to be their panacea. They start seeing the fact that maybe they haven't kept their skills up, so their keywords and their resume it doesn't match what the what the hiring managers are looking for, and then they're scratching their head, wondering why isn't the recruiter placing me? They start feeling bad about themselves and about their career, and the reality is there's all these other dynamics going on. So in this conversation, when you look at a recruiter, you know the fact that they get paid by the employer, the fact that they're looking for an easier hit and wins because it reduces risk. And that you better understand the tags of your resume matching the tags of what's hot in the marketplace. And then the last thing I think is the most important thing is if you want to get out of the, of the industry you're in, the recruiter is probably the worst place to go, don't you think? It's not really the best place to go. They could be a resource. They, if they're really savvy at this and they have that a little bit of old school mentality of getting to know who they call, you're called the candidate then they might have some insight that could be invaluable about switching or changing. But really, insert career coach, career advisor in here because sometimes that's where we come in yes. and are able to interpret and maybe modify those conversations or guide people because we're incentivized sometimes in that placement by the company and sometimes by the individual if they are paying for coaching or programs to say, okay, I, I realize that you really want to get into biosciences, but you're coming from five years away being in the mortgage business or whatever. And it's going to take a lot of networking, connecting, yes. Uh, maybe some continuing education, agile mindset, and that's where that networking comes in. So the interim to get through this isn't to just look at that recruiter and then become disappointed and then try to jam your way through or even fudge on the resume or, or, or you know, just get disappointed. It's to find another path. There you go. And that puts a nice segue into... 
Networking. Networking, yes. So there's one last piece we could talk about recruiting towards the end of our summary, but we definitely have to get into networking. So when I like to talk about networking, I like to say that networking places you and finds a job based on who you are. Your, your character, your integrity, your intelligence, you know, your job le vive, you know, who you are as a person can really match up. And it doesn't matter what the keywords on your resume say as much, or it doesn't matter what industry you've been stuck in for years. Would you kind of agree with that, John? Because this is your sweet spot. I this kind is you. of do agree with that. And I like the way you put it because you said that it, it meets you more of who you are. So it's not just kind of a way to get out there and Oh, they're going to talk about networking. Same old, same old. You know, if you shake this many hands, <laughs> it, it's about the thought process you bring. You're talking what, what some people call soft skills or gosh, that you, how, how can you do metrics on uh, integrity and, and uh, emotional intelligence? And really, you've run businesses. You've been the president of companies. Uh, how important is that stuff? And how important Huge. is desire? Huge desire to perform in a new field if you really have it and you're you're deepening that knowledge through networking through learning yes tell me about that so this is so important john i'm loving what you're saying here because for me i wanted loyalty and if i'm hiring you based on your expertise the loyalty isn't there because if you grow in your expertise you're just going to go ahead and find ways to make more money in that expertise loyalty when you hire someone with character and integrity you're going to drive some loyalty because they're going to be happy that you're training them that you're growing them that you're supporting them and that you're caring for them. And that's where the value really comes to play. So I'm a huge proponent of that. And I think from a networking standpoint, when we have to start thinking about it, we gotta start digging into this idea of how do you do it? Because John, you said it so well. Everything, oh, it's gonna shake a bunch of hands. There's a lot more to it than shaking a bunch of hands. Even getting out to great networking events, association events, etc. people just go and it's, you know, it's still collecting business cards, or I've added 20 people to my LinkedIn, and I applaud people who have been out of their comfort zone and go do that, but that's just the beginning. Yes. You're talking about a deeper definition of networking. Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, I watch you and I watch you coach people, and you certainly coached me back in 2013 around this as well. Networking means work, all right? It means taking the time and effort to dig, to communicate, to talk, to build relationships, and to connect. And you're not only connecting with the person you're networking, you're connecting with their network, and you're connecting their network to your network. So there is a lot of quid pro quo, which is you help me, I'll help you, in the positive sense of quid pro quo. So when I look at networking now, I say, I want to meet someone. I want to connect with that person. I want to hear what their interests are. I want to hear what they've been working on. Are there any trends I didn't know about? Is there any areas I can go into? I want to offer something that I have to that person as well. And my outcome is, are there two or three more people that they know? Are there job openings that they might have heard about that they can reference you to? And are there things that I can direct them to that they can go search out as well? And then I have an action and I got to go follow that action up with more meetings. How important is patience through this process? If, even especially if you're looking for a job or you feel like, look, I, you know, I, I, this network thing's okay, but gosh, I don't know if I can do another meeting. You know, I, now I've, I met the person at the meeting. I had a conversation. It was pretty good. Phone call, one-on-one. -on -one, it may take that level of effort. Oh yeah, for the give and take. Exactly. It, it may take you possibly doing something that you didn't think you would do for someone who you didn't know. For example, maybe they ask you, "Hey, look, I've got a teenager." that's got a couple issues. Do you know of any resources that could provide me 
well, you know, that's not really a part of the conversation I, was, I thought I would have. I'm really just looking for a job or I'm just looking for this next thing or a speaker or this. Is that okay when yes! you get into more personal Absolutely. Stuff? So here's what I would say. It's not either or. So Built to Last is a book, and it talked about the tyranny of or. You want to embrace the and. So when I look at recruiting, I say if you can work with a recruiter and get a short-term solution, even it might be in the industry you hate, then you start doing your networking. You commit to That's what career insurance is. You commit to the long-term play of your networking strategies to go to where you want to end up. But if you don't commit to the work you're not going to be able to achieve it. And if you don't understand that it's all about building relationships, because this generation doesn't like relationships. We like small communities of interest, that people we hang out on the internet, we don't want to see you face to face. Networking. And we're all susceptible to that, not just millennials and Xers. All of us, all of us, absolutely, right? So I'd say on the and side, if you have a short runway, meaning you need to find a job quick, well, you do the recruitment angles, you do the job posts, you do the job boards, you go attack it. And then you start building your network and understanding that's a long game. Now, if you have a longer runway, then you attack the networking first and you really go after it to play through the process and see where you end up. So you should get to know, quote, recruiters or people in HR who might have to do with hiring, hiring managers, of course, but again, People know people, and those relationships with people who get the give and take can reveal and open doors you didn't even realize. Exactly. That's it. And I think the, the t- key here is the and. What you have to do is understand both sides. So if we had to kind of summarize this, recruiters are motivated by finding the right fit at the right time. If you want to make a change, you got to understand that that's going to be more difficult for a recruiter. But if you have a short runway... You get into the recruiter, they match you up in the industry you've already in, and then you accept that, and then the and becomes networking. Networking is connecting and growing a network of people that you can utilize and work with based on what's going on in your life. And then long term, that network's going to have a ton more value three, five, ten years from now than the short-term recruitment did to get that short-term placement. How important have these concepts been for you since at least 2013? You're in a redevelopment phase right now. Absolutely, John. With your company, but really, how valuable has it been for you? Gigantic. So this is what happened to me. I was a a product manager, then a business owner, and I had a national connection network. So I knew people across the country. You know, it's hard when you do that because my next job might have been to move to Austin. I had no interest in moving to Austin or move to California. I have no interest in moving to California. I love Raleigh and it's a beautiful marketplace. So in 2013, I started realizing that I have no local network, zero, because my business wasn't a local business. So I had to build that network out. Now, was it seven years later? My network's amazing. I love it. I mean, I got so many connections and so many people I could talk to and so many interesting opportunities. And it, and it took those seven years to do that with the help of you and CareerPro. But without that, I would have had a very difficult time, you know, keeping and staying in this marketplace. And it's interesting to see you staying with the relationships you've built and even building new ones. Even, even connections that I've made for you, we're doing a speaking engagement at a major company together with a couple other uh, highly talented people. I'm humbled to be a part of that. And that just came from 
not right away no. quid pro quo, but relationship building. And, and trust. Even though you had built a relationship with this person who hired us, who, who brought us on, I reintroduced you and this person said, oh, great, David could be a part of this? Yep. Even better. Exactly. So it's just, it, it just, it didn't come right away. It didn't come right the, away. But those seeds you planted, that person was like, wow, if I had a chance to hire him, I would. You have to accept the work factor of networking, which means you've got to maintain relationships. I usually meet between five and eight people a month, different people, most cases, for lunch or breakfast to maintain my network and grow it. And you meet really interesting people. Some people you can help more than others. Some people can help you more than others. But it's a commitment to time and follow-up. And this is a problem with career insurance is most people, once they have a job, get comfortable and they don't want to commit to the work that networking means. What should we take away from this today? I think we already got a lot of good stuff. Um, on the recruitment side, have your resume with all the keywords that are hot for your industry. No three or four recruiters that are hot for your industry so that that relationship is there if you want to get a job quickly if something happens that you were unprepared for. But start your network now. Start networking now. Plan to meet with two or three people, different people every month and start connecting with people and start building out that network the sooner the better. And you prefer eye-to-eye, face-to-face, if possible. If possible. Not just sending them a connection request on LinkedIn and saying, I had a call, I had a quick call with someone or meeting them at a networking event for three minutes. No. you, you got to go deeper. you got to go deeper. If you can, you go deeper because that's where the personal relationship and connections are. We're all desperately inspired. And so if you can build these relationships, you can be somewhat inspirational to somebody. It's going to leave a lasting impression on them. David, thank you for coming in today. Career insurance, recruiting, and networking. Next version is out, and we look forward to the next conversation. Thanks, John.